Well, it's great to be able to share with you all again today. Although it's a shame, of course, that you're not here in person. But if you think about it, there are some advantages to these um, temporary virtual services. You can watch us in cinema-style comfort on your sofa. You can eat popcorn or munch on your breakfast cereal without disturbing the person next to you too much, hopefully. And the best one of all, you can pause me as many times as you like whilst you refill your coffee cup and not miss a single thing. As they say, every cloud has a silver lining. On the other hand, I've just realised that you also have the power to turn me off. So I'll be glad when we're back together as a church family again. So in the meantime, I'll do my best to keep you engaged. Maybe before we get back together at church, we could incorporate some premium style cinema seating. That would really complement the new coffee bar at the back of church. Now there's a thought, leave that one with me. So if you're sitting comfortably with your refillable drinks cup and your snacks, let's begin. I wanted to start today by asking you how you're all doing whilst we're in this, while we're in this pandemic. And I'm sorry I, I can't ask you in person, but we'd still really love to know. So please feel free to comment on Facebook Live. We'd love to hear from you and pray for you, especially as you can't be in here to, here to hand us your prayer cards or your give thanks cards. It's been so long since we've seen you all and we miss you all. And whilst we're in this lockdown phrase, I wonder if you're feeling anything like me. And I've listed some positive and some negative thoughts that I've been having since we've been in this lockdown time. So let's start with some negative ones. What on earth is going on? Can this really be happening? I can't wait until it's all over. Or something like, it's like a bad dream. I miss my family and my friends. I think I've forgotten what normal looks like. And the last one, I will never take simple things like going out for coffee for granted ever again. And here is a list of my positive thoughts. God, can you please help us to sort out this issue because you're the only one who can. What about the one where I'm feeling that I'm so glad that I've got a personal relationship with Jesus or I'd be totally lost? What about, I quite like staying, this staying in business. At least I've got loads of jobs done, the ones that I would usually put off doing around the house. It's classed a special time with the family. It's allowed me to spend more time with God or it's given me a different perspective in life. What about a classic one which is so true, I will never take the NHS for granted again or ones that are, are one that I'm sure that you're possibly feeling, I love my children's teachers. And a very personal one for H, my wife and I, thank you Lord for Thomas the Tank Engine on YouTube, which is keeping our 15 month old amused. And finally, but by no means least, I've realised that I can't take for granted the things I used to. And yes, that includes toilet roll. And I know that those two lists are only a snapshot, 
But can you relate with any of those thoughts, either good or bad? And I wonder where you are right now in your thinking. Are you in a positive place or a negative place at the moment? For some of us, maybe we don't want to think about what's going on too much out there in the world because we get frightened at the thought of what the future may look like. Or maybe you're a person who needs to be prepared and you know what, you need to know all the facts and you hang off every news article, conversation or interview. Or maybe if you're a little bit like me, you switch between those two scenarios depending on what we see or what we hear on a daily basis. But one thing is for sure, whilst the world is in this current season and we're in this storm of chaos and confusion, pain and heartache, despair and disbelief, we need to persevere even though there is no definite end at the moment in sight. The Keep Calm and Carry On poster was a motivational poster produced by the British government in 1939 in preparation for World War II. The poster was intended to raise morale of the British public as they were threatened wildly with predicted massive air attacks on major cities. And in true British stiff upper lip style, we find ourselves needing to persevere again. But this time, it's the country that's fighting for its life in a different way, along, of course, with the rest of the world. And you might already be thinking that you're sick and tired of persevering, especially as we've got at least another three weeks' worth of lockdown to undertake. Well, even though the 1939 slogan can still be helpful today, as the body of Christ, we need to make a daily, conscious, positive decision to fix our eyes on Jesus. And you might well be thinking, well, that's easier said than done. So with all this in mind, I thought it would be good to take a look at someone in the Bible who also had to persevere. Then I thought it might be helpful to think about how that person persevered. But first, let's read Hebrews 6, verses 13 to 19 together. When God made his promise to Abraham, since there was no one greater for him to swear by, he swore by himself, saying, I will surely bless you and give you many descendants. And so after waiting patiently, Abraham received what was promised. People swear by someone greater than themselves and the oath confirms what is said and puts an end to all argument. Because God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose very clear to the heirs of what was promised. He confirmed it with an oath. God did this so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled to take hold of the hope set before us may greatly be encouraged. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. Now, on our kitchen wall at home in a frame, we have some artwork of the text of verse 19 from our reading today. It was bought by my sister-in-law as one of our wedding presents. This is what it says. 
We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. I've looked at this many times during the past five years as it's hung there, and it's never failed to make me smile. But now, in our present situation, it somehow has greater meaning and purpose than it ever used to have. And I love the way that the unknown author of the book of Hebrews was inspired to use the anchor analogy in verse 19. So we've read that Abraham managed to persevere, although I'm sure he still found life tough while he waited. So how, how did he persevere? How did he make sure he persevered with God as an anchor of hope? Well, I'd like to suggest two things that Abraham may have had to do to help him keep on going persevering and trusting in God. And to make it easy, they both start with the letter B. Let's look at the first one. Abraham believed. In verse 13, the author is using Abraham as an example from the book of Genesis when he's writing to his readers. He's talking about God's promise to Abraham. God said he was going to bless them both with children. But if we look back at Genesis chapter 15, it explains that Abraham was 75 years old and childless when God made that promise to him. And we can see that the writer in his letter to the Hebrews explains it like this. Verse 13 says that God swore by himself to keep his faithful promise to Abraham. And I quote, there was no one else greater than himself to swear by. So I'm not surprised that when God swears by himself to keep a promise like that, Abraham chose to believe that God was going to be true to his word. And no matter how long Abraham had to wait and persevere for, that's what God had promised. And I wonder if we have times where we're believing God for something, but then we start to doubt his promises. And in my own personal circumstances, when God says something to me, or I believe that he's promised me something, I often hear the devil whisper four words in my ear. Did God really say? And sometimes I have to go back to God and spend some time praying and listening to him to make sure that I've definitely heard him right. So if anyone had cause to doubt God's promises, then it was Abraham. And here's a big reason why. If we do some quick maths, having read Abraham's story, you'll realise that he waited and he waited and he waited some more. In fact, he waited 25 years to receive his promise in full. In chapter 21 of Genesis, further on, we read that Sarah gave birth to their long-awaited firstborn son, Isaac. All of us are waiting for something, aren't we? And the wait can easily make us doubt God. And in the waiting, we can start to get anxious. And using one current example, maybe we're anxious at the moment about waiting to find a vaccine for this new pandemic. 
And although we may have a personal relationship with God, he never promised to make us immune from worry, fear, or anxiety. So what does God tell us to do when we feel like that? Well, in 1 Peter 5, verse 7, it says this. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. So like Abraham did, we need to believe that God loves and cares for us. And we need to believe that God knows what we need and that he wants what is best for us. After quite a few times of reading this Bible passage last week, something struck me. I noticed in verse 15, it says that after waiting patiently, Abraham received what was promised. And that word received stood out for me in this verse. It challenged my thinking. Am I prepared to receive what God gives me? Or in other words, am I prepared to be wise? Am I prepared to trust that what God has for me is going to be far better than anything I could have hoped for? Even though sometimes it may look totally different from what I first imagined or asked. And I tried to imagine what persevering and believing for Abraham would have been like. I tried to imagine the longest time and the longest thing I had to persevere and wait for. And when I thought about those things compared to Abraham and Sarah's wait, it kind of put my things to shame. So I thought I'd share a time when I had to persevere and believe. I can remember that uh, during my difficult divorce from my first wife, God promised me that I would yet again own my own home. With two growing children that were growing up fast, I needed somewhere, a home of our own, that I could bring my two boys up in. But from where I was stood, that seemed totally impossible because to make matters worse, during the course of my divorce and circumstances forced me to declare myself bankrupt. But you know, God was faithful. Like Abraham, I had no choice but to believe. And you know what? He did keep his promise to me and the boys, even though it looked totally different to how I imagined it to be. God being God had something far greater in store for me and the children, something far better than I could ever have imagined. And it was definitely more than I would ever have dared ask for. Yet sometimes I still find myself doubting God at different times in my life. It's so easy to forget, isn't it? And, look, and forget to look back at how God has been in the past and how he came through for me and my boys. Plus, guess what? I didn't have to persevere for 25 years either. That's almost half of my lifetime that Abraham and Sarah persevered and trusted God to fulfill their promise. And that really put it into perspective for me when I thought about it that way. And God said something else to me as I was writing this talk the week just gone. He said, and James, even now you struggle to wait for an Amazon parcel. And sadly, that's true. 
So let's keep persevering like Abraham and Sarah did. In our waiting, let's trust that God's timing is perfect. And let's believe that God knows what's best for us. And so let's move on to our second B that I think Abraham did whilst he trusted, believed and persevered. And it's called breakthrough. Abraham and Sarah waited 25 years for breakthrough. We read that they made some pretty big mistakes along the way, which we haven't got time to go into now. And in their waiting, they also had times of grave doubt. But if I think about what I would have done in their position, I would have been praying, as I have done in the past, for breakthrough. And I know I would have because I still do. I'm still praying for personal breakthrough with regards to different things that are currently going on in my life at the moment. And as we all lift different things to God in our times of prayer, we have to learn to wait well. So what does waiting well look like? In Galatians 6 verse 9, it says this, let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. So we can't give up. We can't give up on a God who will never give up on us. We need our relationship with God to be built on trust, belief and hope. The Bible also tells us that in the waiting, we also need to spur each other on. Look at this reading from Hebrews 10 verses 24 and 25. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. We are the body of Christ. And one of the most important things is that we build each other up in love and share with each other when we have burdens. So the next time we start to doubt God, when we're weary in the waiting, when we don't like, feel like spurring each other on, and when we're praying for breakthrough, let's be reminded of some specific things that I'm sure God will want us to remember. God sees our heart when we pray. In 1 Samuel 16 verse 7, when the Lord was talking to Samuel, he said this, the Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So God sees our heart. He knows us and he loves us inside out. Another one, God hears us when we pray. Psalm 116 verses one and two say this. I love the Lord for he heard my voice. He heard my cry for mercy because he has turned his ear to me. I will call on him as long as I live. We have a God who hears us when we pray. He promises us, he promises us that he will never leave us or forsake us because God loves to do abundantly more than we dare ask or believe as I found out many years ago. 
What about this one? God loves it when we trust him. Proverbs 3 verses 5 and 6 says this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him and he will make your paths straight. Trusting God builds our faith and gives us peace knowing that God is in control. God loves it when we spend time in his presence. James 4 verse 8 says this, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. And finally, God loves our expectancy. Psalm 5 verse 3 says this, and I love this, in the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my requests before you and wait expectantly. As we've said, God knows what's best for us. He knows what we need even before we ask. And it's okay to ask and then expect good things from God. And Abraham and Sarah received their promise from God. Even though Abraham was 100 years old and Sarah was 90 when Isaac was born. But should we be surprised? Not really. Because we read in verse 17 in the passage that God wanted to make the purpose of his unchanging nature very clear. So that's their story. Even though they faltered when they messed up and doubted along the way, God still kept his promise. Why? Because it says in Malachi 3 verse 6, I am the Lord I change not. And in Hebrews 13 verse 8, it says this, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So we can have total confidence in him and take hold of his promise of hope, as Steve talked about last week. Not just any kind of hope, but that we can have hope in the truest biblical sense of the word. And finally, when this pandemic is over and when life can go back to normal, let's ask ourselves, do we want to go back to the same normal? Or do we want to swap our old normal for something better that God may be showing us through these difficult times? To believe and trust in him, to persevere and wait for his perfect timing, to pray for breakthrough whilst always believing that God knows what's best for us. To seek his face, knowing that he hears us and he sees our hearts. To wait with expectancy, not forgetting that perseverance is about the time in between and not just about the blessing that we receive at the end. And as Abraham did, let's receive what God gives us, knowing that he knows what's best for us. So let's decide that verse 19 is going to be a part of our new normal. Let's keep on keeping on persevering in the security that, as verse 19 puts it so well, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. Amen.